You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the lore edition, a podcast devoted to story-driven games. Here's your host, Joe. everybody and welcome to bow down to us the lower edition episode 55 with me tonight is vince as usual and we are sans roger tonight vince how you doing i dare say this may be one of of our greatest episodes ever i definitely agree no no canadian frenching uh going on there so always good now i'd like to start today's show with giving vince control for just one second to let him go on about one of the games that we've all been looking forward to Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Vince, go ahead. Just one second. That's all I get. As much as you want. Go. <laughs> nah. <laughs> all right. So as our wonderful audience is not watching in the stream, we got another wonderful video about Castlevania Lords of Shadow this week. This time from the American or not necessarily American Mercury Steam is actually out of Europe. The Western development side of it. Focusing not so much on the story as we saw in the Japanese Tokyo Game Show footage, but just an overall gameplay. Here's what you're going to get. Narration. uh, Just going over a lot of the different themes that are going to be present in Lords of Shadow. Now, the first thing you notice is that this game is fucking gorgeous. Oh, my God. The, the, The amount of detail in the environments that they're showing off. It every single environment is unique really really playing up on the 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 castlevania 4 side of things which they said is a huge influence on their development of the game they go into once again explaining how lords of shadow is a complete relaunch for the franchise taking the past 20 games worth of lore and mythology and eh, trust me there's a lot of it (laughs) throwing it out the window and starting over from scratch to repeat stuff we've talked about before, you're playing Gabriel Belmont, a holy knight fighting evil, and the quote-unquote Lords of Shadow have cut the earth off from heaven. Dead souls cannot rest, most notably Gabriel's wife, Marie, who has recently been killed. This embarks him upon the quest to take down the three Lords of Shadow that guard the God Mask, which has the power to bring back the dead. Okay, we, we, we all knew that. At least anybody who listens to our amazing show knows. What we got here was more of a description of the gameplay side of things. They talk about Gabriel's combat cross, the the replacement for the traditional Castlevania whip. How it's I, – I know some of the lore behind the combat cross. I don't want to spoil too much of it for the audience, but trust me, once you play the game, you will realize just how truly badass – of a weapon this is it was literally forged for nothing other than smiting evil and it fits in the castlevania lore it's a chain whip basically with a cross in the hilt that has a stake at the bottom cool stuff we see gabriel pulling off some really crazy combos it's great smooth gameplay just exactly what you want from a third person action game Mixing in some light magic, dark magic. Looks like there might be some decisions to be made there. And, of course, the traditional Castlevania arsenal of subweapons: The dagger, the axe, the, the holy water. I wouldn't be surprised if a stopwatch showed up at some point. We see some of the old-school Castlevania platforming elements. And going way old schools. 
jumping across chasms. We see him using the combat cross as a grappling hook. He's doing Prince of Persia style wall running and, and just craziness. Really cool. And it's all going to tie into the exploration aspect of the game. Anybody who has played a Castlevania game since Symphony of the Night knows a big part of the gameplay is finding new stuff, finding that cool little corner of the map you couldn't get to before, learning a new ability, you know, finally figuring out how to double jump or extend your whip longer so you can get to a previously inaccessible area. This game is huge. They said it has 50 stages and is going to encompass over 20 hours of gameplay. That is a crap ton by today's standards for a third-person action game. That's like two God of War 3s is what you're getting in this game. They're showing off the puzzles, lots of cool stuff in there, tying in just regular brain teasers with actual gameplay elements, having to use Gabriel's skills to solve the puzzles. This is just the perfect Castlevania game for me. And that's not even counting the ridiculously awesome Shadow of the Colossus Titans that they showed off in here. And at the end of the trailer, I'm going to stop for a second. Anybody that doesn't want to get a small spoiler. OK, at the end of the trailer, they expand upon a point I made in my uh, feature about the Japanese video. And that was how Dracula was not present in the Tokyo Game Show video. Well, they have essentially confirmed that Dracula is one of the Lords of Shadow. He is in this game and they even show off a bit of awesomeness at the end, calling Gabriel's weapon the vampire killer, the traditional Belmont weapon to use against Dracula, tying in this whole mm -hmm. new setting that they've created and setting it up for traditional Castlevania titles for theoretically years down the line. What really struck me about this from my end um, is just it's the very deep story. It's the very deep mythos that we've all come to, to learn and, and love from the series. As a kid, the story for me was always one of the things that always made me love Castlevania. It was, you know, a hero's quest against insurmountable odds in order to de defeat this ultimate darkness and save the world. And now they're reinventing it in such a way. It's the right time. OK, I think that's really it. It's just it's combining all these elements of all these games that we know and love. Um, you've got your aspects of God of War. You've got your Shadows of the Colossus. You've got your classic puzzles and you have amazing visuals to back it up. This is just phenomenal all around. Like, I absolutely positively cannot wait to get my hands on this. Coincidentally, it will be released on October 5th. Um, Tomorrow. But, which is Tuesday for all of us in the live audience. Um I can't wait to see this. The mythology of this game is something that I can't wait to experience on basically new. And the way that they show it, the mooding, the, the mood lighting of the game, the, the basic feeling of everything, it, it just, it's ridiculous. Absolutely, <laughs> positively ridiculous. Cinematic sequences that are absolutely stunning emotion on the face of the characters like they show all these different cg like close-ups in the trailer and we're gonna put this in the show notes as well but make sure you watch it if you haven't seen it already but like just the way that the, the characters express themselves with their they're just nothing but their faces is phenomenal and is something that is very important in storytelling and something that we've dinged a lot of other games on but this does it seemingly flawlessly i can't bloody wait 
Yeah, we, we've talked about so many times in the past that every once in a while, finally, someone will just get it. Rocksteady was the first stu- first game development studio to finally get Batman and was able to take all of his various aspects and draw them together into one awesome game at Arkham Asylum. Same thing with uh, Shattered Dimensions. You know, they got Spider-Man, everything that makes that character great, tied together into one great game. And Mercury Steam seems to get Castlevania. They, they, I don't even know what these guys have worked on in the past. I know it hasn't been Castlevania. Those have all been coming out of Japan lately. I don't know so what they, else they've done either. So yeah, we're gonna have to look into that. They just get everything that makes Castlevania awesome, and they didn't just look at the last you know couple years of titles. You know, anybody could have looked at everything from Symphony of the Night on the the most well known aspect, you know, part of the series to the masses, and gone, oh, we can do that, no problem, boom, game. No, they went all the way back to the series roots, really showing a love for the IP and putting out something that is pretty, from what I've been reading online, is universally loved. Uh, the demo has been out in Europe on PlayStation for a week now. Uh, if you have an Xbox the in North America, the demo is actually available today. Microsoft made an exception for uh, Castlevania. Normally their stuff comes out on Wednesdays. It comes out today, Monday, as a playable demo. In case you didn't know that this game was going to be great from everything we've seen and just from me nerd gushing about this game. Yeah. I absolutely can't wait. And if you, like Vince said, download the, uh, the the demo if you want to get your hands, you know, dirty on it, so to speak. So moving along from Castlevania, we're going to talk about another game that probably hasn't gotten a whole lot of press time called Morphex. Uh, Morphex is a game that takes place after uh, basically the fall of humanity. Aliens have invaded the Earth and humans have gone to ground in order to try to survive. Um, outgunned and overpowered, uh, humans that have survived come out of their their little bomb shelters and find that the only way that they can survive, the only way that they can fight back is to actually start trying to splice their DNA with that of their alien invaders and become mutants themselves. Uh, it actually has a lot of story with how humanity is struggling uh, to overcome a, 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 a force vastly superior to itself, uh, all the while trying to retain their humanity. Um, basically, you search for antidotes to cure allies um, while you get a different array of you know third-person combat weapons like melee and ranged weapons. Um, there's also puzzle solving in the game, uh, which is good for any sort of adventure game. Um, but I really, it's it's kind of interesting to me because it has that sort of weird morality to it. You have to become your enemy in order to survive. So I think it's actually pretty interesting. Um, it was released on September 28th, and it's on the Xbox 360. Um, it was really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's such a cool premise. I mean, how far are you willing to go to defend what you are while still retaining what you are? Because at, at a point, you know, you you essentially become your enemy, and it, it kind of negates any progress you've made fighting for humanity because there's no humanity left that that's that's a really cool uh, a premise uh, is this a, is this a downloadable game or is it a retail uh, no it is a retail game this is a full okay. retail game interesting uh, I, yeah, well, i'll look around for it we'll see what's up but uh, sorry castlevania tomorrow not getting this just yet that's understandable 
Now, moving on from more facts, we're going to be talking about Kane and Lynch 2 Dog Days. Uh, Kane and Lynch 2 is a criminal story. Uh, basically, it is a sequel to a game where you play two very badass criminals. Um, following Kane's arrival in Shanghai, both Kane and Lynch are supposed to deal with an informant, uh, basically against one of their, their contacts. Um, after a chase through gang territory, Kane and Lynch corner uh this person and uh his girlfriend where there's a huge fight ensues basically it's a fight of survival um it's criminals that are not wanted by the criminals world they're wanted by the authorities um they're basically fighting for survival against both sides uh there is actually a fair amount of story in this game with complex uh, best way I can put it is if you've ever watched like Dog Day Afternoon, if you've ever watched um, any sort of crime drama, they have the same sort of quality here. Betrayals and all sorts of angles that they're trying to play in order to try to survive and get through things. So I honestly think that this is a game worth watching, if nothing more, just for the story itself, because it's a different take. You're so used to playing the anti-hero. Well, you're not even a hero here. You are just a criminal. You are one of the most fantastic criminals ever. And your entire job is to survive with your partner. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, Kane and Lynch is just one of those series that I've overlooked. Uh, we were making jokes about it at work, coming up with stupid subtitles for the game instead of dog days. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's nice to know that there's at least some substance in there behind uh, the, you know, what you see in the commercials and, and all the advertising. Well, we're going to move on from Canaan Lynch 2 to Dead Rising 2. Now, Dead Rising 2 is actually a game that has a surprising amount of story outside of just zombies. Kind of, kind of surprising there, if you ask me. Uh, this takes place five years after the first Dead Rising. Uh, former motocross champion Chuck Green takes part in Terror is Reality, a controversial American gladiators-like game show where contestants kill gathered zombies in various ways for money, sports, and fame. Uh, the show's latest incarnation is currently held in Fortune City, an amusement and entertainment resort where in Nevada... Uh, somewhere in Nevada, and based off the casino strip in Las Vegas, uh, which was destroyed in a zombie outbreak three years ago. Um, there's a bunch of different players that go through, uh, different NPCs that will interact with the main character. Um, and it's kind of interesting because you get to see uh, basically a story of survival for profit. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of an interesting take on the whole zombie survival horror. Yeah, uh, I, it has that whole uh, that you know almost Running Man aspect to it. Well, I think that's kind of important too because I mean we're so used to the zombie apocalypse as this is you know we're fighting for survival. We we're just talking about Left for Dead Two uh, and Left for Dead and the downloadable content for that. Um, but you know here here's the sort of interesting thing where it's you start going into this, you're voluntarily going into a zombie invasion where you may die and become one of them for fame and profit. Um, and there's a whole sorts of different twists and turns here where people that you thought were on your side are not on your side. Um, basically, uh, where where people are, are trying to get survivors out before the military comes in and cleans up the zone. And there's just a whole lot of interesting depth in this game, more so than the first game, which was literally just hit things over the head with whatever you can find and run like hell. So there's an actual plot and story to this game. Um, it's kind of interesting. So... And it's also this main character who starts off trying to go for nothing more than fame and money and eventually goes into this superhero mode, essentially, where he realizes that the zombies aren't exactly mindless, that these Zombrex zombies um, basically are trying to get out. 
And so he's essentially trying to stop them from getting out of this contained location and infecting the rest of the world. I mean, that's so cool. I mean, I never played the first Dead Rising. It was uh, damn near a launch title for the, the 360. So by the time I got mine, there is a, a much more interesting backlog of games waiting for me. So uh, this one never really interested me. And, you know, we see in all the promos just the ridiculous gadgets the guy comes up with. The paddle saw, taking taking the, the, the kayak paddle, attaching chainsaws to the end. You know, shoving steak knives through a boxing glove and pretending he's Wolverine. Like, okay, they've taken, you know, the, 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 the zombie game genre and just gone nuts with it. And, you know, like, okay, that, you know, that, that they're doing their own thing. But now I'm starting to see how that ties into the story because like you said this guy you know he's not a professional zombie hunter you know and he he's a contestant on a game show you know he he's actually trained himself to kill these zombies in the most spectacular ways possible he you know he does he is he isn't conditioned himself for you know quick strikes to the back of the skull take out the zombie you know traditional zombie warfare stuff that we see in you know left for dead and whatnot the guy has trained to learn to put chainsaws on the end of a kayak paddle. So I think that, you know, you have shown me a new aspect of the game taking that that those ridiculous gameplay elements we've seen. And it actually makes sense. That's so cool. Well, one of the other things that really interests me, too, is like the variety of zombies, because you know how you have like your, your plants versus zombies or you have the zombies with the buckets on their head. Well, here you have zombies with Lego man heads. That was hysterical. <laughs> you see the zombie lumbering around in a fine suit uh, with the cane underneath it, and he has a Lego head. And you have to crack the Lego head in order to get through. There's so, there's so much there's so much humor in the game on top of the story, on top of the fact that it is a zombie survival game that really makes it worthwhile to me. Um, the game was released on September 24th uh, for the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and for Microsoft Windows. Um, it's going to run roughly like 50 bucks, no matter where you go, like $40 for the PC, I think. Um, and it's produced by Capcom, of all things. And Capcom really shows that, you know what, they can make a fun game and actually put story on top of it. The game also has an online co-op multiplayer mode. You can play with friends to try to survive the zombie survival in the most spectacular fashion you can. So, I don't know. I think it's worth a pickup to me. It might not be an immediate pickup, but I will be picking this game up. It kind of ties into to a theme we've had uh, on our various podcasts over the last several weeks, and that's how certain things are just accepted as the way they are. Take the zombie genre. You know, there, there's so many accepted rules of the zombie genre. There's not a whole lot you can do without becoming its own thing. So if you want to do a zombie, you know, game, you, you have to follow all the rules. Well, Capcom has said, fuck the rules. <laughs> we're, we're going to actually do something unique. And, and a truly creative team of people can take a tried and true element and make it into something unique while still being true to the source material. Yeah, that's in incredibly impressive to me and something I respect in any sort of developer. Alrighty, so that's all I got for today, unless you have anything else, good sir. I, I, I already blew my load on the last podcast. <laughs> all right, so I think that's gonna we're going to call it a wrap at that, folks. I uh, would like to thank everybody for showing up. Remember to stop by bowdowntous.com and check out our writings. We have some wonderful reviews. We have more information coming out. Uh, there's going to be some more Cataclysm spoilers coming up if you feel that you really want to have some... Uh, 
you know, spoilers going on there. Um, we're going to have tons of great information. The site's going strong. Be sure to join our forums. Also, be sure to, to comment. And when you download us from iTunes, make sure you leave a comment. We like it. Short show because Roger wasn't here to rant more. <laughs> In Dead Rising 2, beat zombies to death with dildos. So, yeah. Are you serious? Dead serious. Greatest class, game class. ever. Yeah, I think so. We're both going to have to get it at some point and play co-op mode because that's just too ridiculous. So can you jam it into the zombie's eye and then activate the vibration and then just scramble its brains? I would probably hope so. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I would be sorely disappointed.